Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. We are only 62 days away from the puck drop of the Oilers season opener. Come on! This is our year! The Oilers and the Leafs finals. Not Winnipeg. No, um, I'm, can you, can you, isn't it crazy to think that we're in August already? And if you're a parent here, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, my five-year-old's going into grade one this year. And life just seems to fly by. Literally, I, I don't know where June and July went. It, it just, it just gone by. August is here. And, and I, I, you probably are with me here, man. Life is going by so fast. And sometimes I wish for life to slow down, but I realize that life is not slowing down. If anything, it's speeding up. But I'm so thankful every single week that I get to, to see time fly by, not by wasting it, but being very intentional as being a part of Discovery Church and as being a part of our, our dream team and a part of, part of a church body that is, that is being very intentional to help people uh, come into an understanding that there is a choice in Jesus Christ. And instead of just letting every day just flow by and by and by and by, that we get to do this together. And as time is never slowing down, we get to be very intentional. I'm excited for that. And uh, so thank you for uh, uh, being a part of Discovery Church. Thank you for taking an hour out of your day, an hour out of your week to be with us. Because without us as the body of Christ, guess what? Our city is hurting. Without the local church in our city, not just Discovery Church, Hope City and and Evolve Church and, and other churches that are happening, that without churches in our city, our city would be lost. But guess what? Each church is a little life preserver that we throw into the ocean and people can grab on. So thank you for grabbing on this morning. Um, if you were here last week, you're probably still vibrating from our five for five. Um, if you weren't here last week, after the service, what, the first thing you needed to go and you need to subscribe to our podcast or jump online and stream last week's message because we have five people sharing for five minutes each uh, something that God was doing in their lives. It was, it was fire. It was electric. If you weren't here, you missed it, but you can still catch it. Uh, each week, we love being together. This week, we drop a brand new series. It's called Check Your Vitals. Now, if you're admitted into the ER... No matter if it was for a simple flu or a broken toe or if you were like mangled in an accident, the first thing doctors and nurses would do would be check your vitals. They would check your vitals. Not because even though if you just went to emerge, you'd be like, they're just wasting my time. But no matter what, they would check your vitals because your vitals tell you so much about your state of health, where, where you're at um, in, in, in terms of what's working, what's not working, uh, if, if your vitals are in line. And through your vitals, they can tell a lot about yourself. And now this series for the next six weeks is not about how we can get healthier physically, even though that might not be a bad uh, idea to speak on sometime. I know I could eat better, and I could run more, and I wish I was in better, better shape. But, but this is not a series about that, but it is a series about what can we do in our lives to help cultivate, the, uh, cultivate a life that is, that is ready to be activated when God calls us. See, the, I, I was sharing with the dream team this morning that there's nothing, you've probably heard it before, that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less. 
And if we try to do all these things and make God love us more, well, that's, that's called religion. We're trying to be, be, uh, have more goods than bads. We, we, don't, we don't serve Jesus because of religion about our do's and don'ts. We, we serve Jesus out of delight, not out of duty. But there are things that we can do in our lives that can help cultivate, can help like, stir up the ground of our lives, that helps the Holy Spirit and helps God move in our lives to impact the world around us more than if we just sat back and did nothing. And for the next six weeks, I want to look at uh, six ways, six things that we can do to help cultivate a life that is being impacted by God. And I'm going to call it Check Your Vitals because we believe that these six things are vital to our spiritual health. Have you ever had uh, trouble hearing God's voice? I have. My response would be to that, is that maybe you should check your vitals. Have you ever felt as though God was distant or maybe not even existent in your life? Or your relationship with him was completely dead? I believe that after this six weeks, we can put some practical things in place that we can say, "I'm I'm feeling like that. Where's my vitals at? Because there's things in our lives that we can do to help soften our, our hearts to be used by God. So would you just join with me as we, as we pray, as we launch, this, as we drop this brand new series for the next six weeks. God, I just ask you to come in and, and to cultivate our hearts, to cultivate our lives, to help us put in place things in our lives that can help us be used by you in a greater way. So God, as we look at number one today, let us be challenged Let us know that our relationship with you is far important than anything else in your name. Amen. So so the first vital that we're going to look at today is what we call the vital Bible. One of my biggest personal personal areas of struggle growing up, and even till today, was reading. I remember, anybody remember the Beerstein Beer Books? Like, do you remember when it was spelt with an I or an A? There's a whole controversy if you ever looked at it. It's like, I'm sure it was spelt with something. And, um, but but I, when I was a kid, I couldn't read. I, I was a really bad reader. So my parents tried everything they could muster up to try to spark my interest in reading. So they bought, like, the Bearstein Bear Books. And we actually have them in our house now, and I read through them with my kids. And, and, but I, I just like to look at the pictures. I would never want to read. And I wasn't a very good reader. I remember in high school that um, in literature class, they would ask people to, like, to read out publicly. That's like a worst fear. It's still one of my worst fears. If you ask me to like, just get up here and like, read now, I'd literally like, <gasps> like if I'm going to read in front of you, I literally like, I'll read a Bible verse, but have it memorized and just like, like it's, it's that crazy. I, me standing in front of people reading is like my worst nightmare. But I remember uh, literature class, not going to literature class because I was afraid that my teacher would ask me to read out in, in front of everybody because you would, you would take your turns or, or he would say, hey, read this chapter and he would give you 15 minutes and when people were like waiting, I'd be like through like three, ver- three, uh, three paragraphs. And so because, because I was afraid to go to class, I then ended up failing literature class not, and then never graduating high school and be- starting to believe the lie that I was stupid. So picking up the Bible and reading it for me is not easy. It's not something that I'm, I'm drawn to. I don't wake up in the morning and be like, Bible! <laughs> That's not me. I, I literally, it's, it's funny because I'll have a Bible on my nightstand and then I'll have one on the counter and I'll have one down by my couch and I'll have one in the office. It's not because I read all the time. It's because I need reminders to read it. 
Anyone with me that reading their Bible is one of the hardest things that you, that you, that you do? But even though it is one of my, my challenges, I came to realize as I was reading the Bible one day that God uses our weaknesses and turns them into strengths. And you might be like, man, here's, here's a pastor at church standing up in front of us saying that he, doesn't, he has a hard time reading his Bible. Isn't he supposed to be speaking from the Bible? Yes, I use the Bible every single week to speak from, but it doesn't come easy. But I do believe and I do know that it is vital. But I know that the Bible is vital to cultivating a life that desires to grow. You can hear stuff way better in here. Thank you. So you can shout me down, don't throw tomatoes at me or coffee or anything like that. But, um, but the Bible is vital to growing a relationship uh, that, that is, that's, that's cultivating the ground of our lives to receive from him. And I want to take a few, uh, a few minutes and talk about uh, why it's vital and then how we can implement the Bible into our lives. Now, the Bible is vital for, for many reasons, but I just want to take three, three reasons why I feel that would be best suited for us this morning and why the Bible is vital. And this is, this is the first one, is that the Bible speaks truth into our lives. In a time of history, in a, in a, in a time in our culture where people are walking around depressed, walking around lonely, walking around afraid, walking around in this, this sense of worthlessness, The Bible speaks truth into it because we're walking around, many of us are walking around believing lies about ourselves that are so far away from what the Father intended. And the thing is, we hear it so much. For, for me, it was high school that you're stupid and I heard it from friends and I heard it from teachers and I started telling myself and I started walking around but that, that, lie never, that lie never broke off of my life until I started finding out the truth that God ha- says about me. And, and many of us, many of our friends, many of our families are walking around in, in this world believing lies about ourselves that God never intended, that's actually holding us back from what God wanted to, wants to do in our lives because we're like, oh, I'm worthless, so I'll just walk around. Like, like I, I'm not mean, for, I, I'm, I, don't, I can't smile because I'm not happy today. And we're believing these lies about ourselves that Satan wants to tell us. Uh, it says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. I have come that, uh, that they may have life and have it to the full. And I believe that the, probably the number one way that, this, that Satan tries to still kill and destroy is to tell you lies about yourself that is, that is so far away from the heart of God. But the best way to combat a lie is to know the truth. But if we're not in the word, if we're not reading the word, if we're not listening to the word, how are we ever going to know the truth? Things like this. I, this was one for me, like I already said, that I felt like I was stupid. First Corinthians says, God purposely chose what the world considered nonsense in order to shame the wise. And he chose what the world con- uh, considers weak in order to shame the powerful. See, I could walk around thinking I'm stupid. Maybe I'm not a straight-A student. Maybe I have to read things three times over to comprehend it. Or maybe I have to get my wife to read it or my two-year-old to read it to me. Or maybe I have to find other ways to comprehend it. But God also says, you know what? You might struggle in that area, but guess what? I'm going to give you a, a place of strength so you can share. 
Or maybe you're walking around and you feel worthless and, and we walk around and be like, man, why was I ever created? Why am I here? I'm not worth anything. But if we walk around believing that lie, because that's the furthest thing from the truth, 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says, for God bought you with the highest price. I don't know, if, uh, that's not, that doesn't sound worthless to me, but that, sometimes we need to push back the lies in our lives and tell the truth and speak truth over our lives. But if we're not into the word, we don't know the truth. Here's a few more that you might feel ugly but, but God says you're beautiful, you are his masterpiece, and he knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. Psalms 139 actually goes on and says in verse 13, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. God doesn't create ugly. Maybe you're thinking that your past is so bad and you're here only by a personal invite or you've seen something on social media and you said, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this Discovery Church a shot. And you might feel like your past is so bad and that you're only condemned to one place. But, but it says in Romans 8 and 1, it says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When life sucks and you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, Romans 8, 28 says, uh, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and we're called according to his purpose for, the, for, according to his purpose for them. Maybe you feel incomplete. I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing out some truth, okay? I, I'm, I'm throwing out truth that's found in the, in the word of God because, uh, because there's something in this Bible that's meaningful. No, not something, everything is meaningful, and throw on some, maybe you feel incomplete. Colossians 2 and 10 says this, and this is a truth to, to tell yourself when you feel incomplete. You have been filled in him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Maybe you feel rejected. Maybe, maybe humans or maybe family, maybe moms and dads may have rejected you. But this is what God says. This is what his truth says in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 4. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. See, lies are easy to believe if we don't know the truth. And the best way to combat a lie and to push it back is to know the truth. And where do we find the truth of what God says about us? In the vital Bible. Another reason the Bible is vital, the Bible is the number one way that God speaks to us. 1 Timothy 3.16 says that the scripture, that all scripture is God-breathed. So when we actually open this word, when, the, when we open this Bible, no matter where we open it, and we start reading, the word describe people in general, this is, and we're reading stuff from the word. Now king, Zedekiah, the son of la 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la, it's God breathed. It's the number one way that God wants to speak to us. I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody, and I've, and I've, I've been there. It's like, God, 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 I can't hear your voice. Do you even speak to me? And I don't think we can honestly ask that question. I think we can honestly ask it, but if, if, we're, we, if we know that the Bible is vital now, that if we're asking that question and we're not reading the word of God, then we're missing something because this is the number one way that God speaks to us. From Genesis to Revelations, every word is from God. See, because in, in the Bible, God, God wants to guide, as a, gives us a guide for our lives. That sometimes he might whisper to us, sometimes he might shout at us, sometimes, sometimes he's like giving you like smoke signals or something like that. But every word 
is giving us instructions and principles for life. I, I kind of like using the acronym. I know acronyms are so 90s, but 90s are coming back, so acronyms might come back. And I'm going to hashtag it somewhere. Uh, Lauren said acronyms are coming back. No, don't, don't bring back acronyms. But I do want to use an acronym this morning for Bible. See, Christianity is not meant to be hard to understand. That sometimes I feel like Christianity is actually so basic that people are like, How? that's simple. Jesus died. His grace is for me. I can live in full purpose. That seems pretty simple. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, is the basic instructions before leaving earth. You want God to speak to you? Be in this. Another, another reason I, I feel that the Bible is vital to our lives is that it helps us know right from wrong. And Psalms 119, 9 to 11 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you, and don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when, when, we, when we're actually reading our word, when we're, when we're in it, when we're listening to podcasts, when we're listening to uh, recordings of the Bible, what, what starts to happen is that we start to cultivate this relationship with God. And we get to know somebody when we're in, when we're in conversation, when we're in a relationship. And guess what? This is God's way, number one way of being, being relational to us is having a conversation with us. And what happens is, is when we, we get closer to God, when, when things come our way that might be right or, or might be wrong, or we are, we are more prone to, to gravitate to what's right opposed to what's wrong because God's word has been speaking to us. And let me take it back even a, a, few, a month ago when we were in our decision series we, had, we did a decision series, and we talked about choices that we make, and that, that God don't just deserve our good choices, but he deserves our best choices. And sometimes we're presented with things in our lives that might not necessarily be right or wrong, but might be good and might be best. And God calls us to go for his best, not just for his good. But, but sometimes good looks great. And if we're not listening to what God says in his word, we might be missing out on what God wants to do in our lives we will never know if we're not in his word. There are many reasons why we should read his word. But what if we looked at it differently? Would it make it a little bit easier? God don't want us to read his word because we got to. God wants us to read his word because we get to. The, get this, the creator of the universe that's ever e- expanding, the universe is going and going and going and going. And, and when, when, uh, when astronauts and whoever those people are to take pictures of stars uh, try to think they're at the end, they, they, it opens up a whole new another realm that are like, there is no end to this. That God that, that's creating and created all the stars wants a relationship with us, and he made it so simple. He made it so simple. He's not telling us to read the Bible. He's asking us 
because he wants us to be close to him. He wants us to live in this freedom that only comes from, from, from knowing the word. He wants us to live in this freedom of sons and daughters, not as of slaves. The Bible is vital to living a life of meaning and purpose. We don't want to read the Bible out of duty. We should be reading the Bible out of delight because we get to. Do you realize that there's countries and there's people in the world, you probably do realize, that just for carrying a Bible could be killed, could be thrown in prison. There's people in, in, people in the world that actually smuggle Bibles into countries because they don't have free access to it. There's places in the world that Bible apps on your, on your smartphones are actually banned because you're not allowed to download them in certain countries. And here we are living in Canada, and I hope for another long time that we continue to have a free country where we can openly have a meaningful relationship with God. But there are people literally hiding in corners in the dark as long as they can to read the Bible. The Bible is vital. There's, I could go on and on and on and on about the reasons that we should be reading our Bible. We should be into our Bible. But the number one thing is that we need to grasp is that God wants us in his word because he wants us to be close to him. Not because it's a do and don't. It's because we get to. That this is actually the words of the creator of the universe. So, that's a couple of reasons why we should. Now, how? It's, it's easier, to, yeah, it's like, listen, these are why you should or why we should, but, but how? How can we implement them? And I think this is where we, the rubber hits the road. Now, I grew up singing songs. Again, I told you a little bit. I grew up in a, in a Christian home going to Sunday school. I grew up singing songs. Don't laugh at me, but I'm going to try this. It's like, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. And, and I, I, read, I sang songs like that as like kids, right? Uh, some of you might, I remember that. Other people were like, man, that's lame. Uh, but, but I remember singing songs like that. But as I, as I was singing them, at the youngest age, I remember that my struggle for reading was real. That my struggle wasn't just, was, wasn't just a, a little issue. It was a big issue that was starting to create a framework for my life because I couldn't read. And I remember singing songs like this and being so mad, so frustrated because as a young kid, I want to grow in my relationship with God, but read your Bible, pray every day. Well, I can't read my Bible every day because I can't read God, so what, what are you going to do about that? I remember being so frustrated because I had no idea what I was reading. Well, I'm so thankful for technology. Some people are like, technology sucks. Let's go hide in the hills. I love it. You know why? Because I can now click on an audio Bible. Because it's not necessarily reading the word that's impacting our lives. It's the words that are in this Bible that are impacting our lives. And there's people that are good readers out there that have actually sat down and recorded the Bible. So guess what? Find one. I, but another one of my, uh, my problems that I had a hard time understanding, and this is fine if you continue to use this version, but I remember that the only version that my parents bought me was King James Version. And King James Version was like Shakespearean English. So thus saith the Bibleeth to a And I'm like, what is all this? this, this, this? I, do I have a lisp or what, what's going on, right? And, but there's, there's other translations out there today. And I remember like, it was like a chapter a day. A chapter a day for me when, when I was a kid would have like killed me. So I was like, can I read like four words? 
cool. We're starting somewhere. But as I grew up, I actually started to understand myself a little bit more. And the root of where I wouldn't read the Bible or wouldn't be in the Bible didn't come from me being stupid. I tried to use that as a mask. But actually, when I started to have an honest conversations with God, he started saying, Lauren, are your priorities straight? Are you prioritizing your relationship with me? And I had to have this honest conversation with myself and come to grips that, you know what? Yeah, I'm not the best reader, but I also wasn't prioritizing God in my life. I'd rather play basketball. I'd rather clean my room, which never happened. Um, I'd rather walk the dog or mow the grass or prepare food or, or sleep. And I think today, even as we launch this, uh, launch this series, Check Your Vitals, that, that, that this, this whole thing is captured around this, uh, this, this aspect that if our vitals are in check, chances are our priorities are in check. But if our vitals are, are, are out of whack, I think we probably should be checking our priorities. So before we jump into how to implement it, just, just take a moment and think. If the Bible at this point hasn't been active in your life, have you made it a priority? Because for me, many times it's a matter of priority. I'd rather sleep in an extra 15 minutes. Oh, shoot, it's already 8.30 and I have phone calls at 9. I was reading a blog the other day and he gave... uh, Peter Hayes is actually a pastor out of Minneapolis and is actually at a, uh, an, ARC church, an ARC church, which we're affiliated with ARC, Association of Related Churches. And um, he wrote a blog, and, he's, and this is what he writes in his blog, how to increase your hunger for God's word. So we've, we set the table that is a priority. I hope we've set the table that is a priority, and we're, we can shake it off. You don't have to feel bad if you haven't been reading your Bible. Guess what? I haven't been reading as much as I should. Here, there you go. But... Today, we can put a new stake in the ground and say, I'm going to realign my priorities. I'm going to check my vitals. And today, we're going to implement something that says, God, I want a relationship with you that's, and, and to create a life that's cultivated, that, that's ready for God to use me in my schools, in my workplaces, in my families, in my supermarkets, in, in my coffee shops. God, I want you to use me. So we're going to put our vitals in check. And, and the first way that we want to do that is to implement Bible reading and to implement the Bible in our lives. And, and Peter Hayes goes on and says in his blog, and he talks about three ways that we can grow the hunger for God's word in our lives. And the first one he says is this. You need to force feed yourself. Have you ever been sick? Flu? You're like, you're like throwing up and bodily functions are all crazy and your, your family don't want to come into your room and you don't want to go anywhere. And everything is going, it's just, it's horrible, and you're laying in your bed, and you're laying in your bed, and one day goes by, two days go by, and all of a sudden, you're starting to feel good. You're not throwing up eight times an hour, it's just like once every four hours. And, and you know in your head that what you've got to do is you've got to eat something. Even though that's the furthest thing from your mind, you, know, you don't want to eat something, but you know in order for you to get better, you need to eat something. So you make yourself, or your husband, or your you're, in my case, two-year-old, or, or somebody makes a bowl of soup for you and brings you to eat, and you force it down. You're like, I know I need to force this down. And what happens, you start eating this bowl of soup, and it re- reignites your appetite. 
And before you know it, you're not just eating bowls of soup, but you're trying one meal and you're trying two meals and three or four days go by and you're back to normal living. You had to force feed yourself. And sometimes that's what it's like with the word of God, that, that we're, we're spiritually sick and even though we don't want to, we don't want to wake up at 6.30 or 7 or we don't want to do the last thing before we go to bed, but we, but we need to force feed ourselves because we need to get back to being spiritual healthy. We need to get back to having our vitals in check. But then he goes on and says, uh, he says, another thing is that find friends who really love God's word. People who exercise together with friends are way more more motivated and have a 37% chance more likely to succeed when they exercise with friends who they like hanging out with. Motivation has a huge social component. But what if that was the same with the word of God? What if we could find friends that would like reading the word together? Maybe we would be more likely, maybe we would be 37% more likely to continue reading the word of God because I'm encouraging you and you're encouraging me and we're, when we're doing it together and we're, we're, we're fighting this battle together and we're in the same team and, and we're 37% more likely. So he goes on and says, find friends who really love God's word. And then he says, go and read past the habit threshold. It takes 66 and a half days to create a habit in your life. And it would probably be the same as 66 and a half days to, to break a habit in your life. There's good habits and there's bad habits. So maybe we haven't been reading our Bible. Maybe we haven't been into the word of God that much lately. And maybe our relationship is suffering. Maybe we're like, where's God? Is, I, don't, I can't hear him or, or I don't feel him or he's not answering me the way he is. I would say check your vitals and have we been reading the word of God? Have we been reading the Bible? He says read past the thre- uh, habit threshold. because So after 66 and a half days, it won't be something that you'll have to cognitively think about. Oh, I need to read my Bible. It'll be something that you'll go to out of habit. And that you will just go to. And you would just go to. And you would just go to. So this is what I'd like to challenge us to do this morning. I believe that the Bible is vital. And many of you are here because of something that maybe somebody spoke from the Bible or something that you read in the Bible or something was revealed to you that, that guess what, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. But see, I was a little bit King James, but perisheth. Uh, but I have everlasting life. There's, there's, there's some truth in there, and that verse probably have impacted your life. The many of us are here because of something that was spoke on or something that was read, something that you've seen on a track, something you've seen on somebody's social media, on a, on a roadside sign at a church, because the Bible has truth. But somewhere along the way, myself and maybe many other Christians have said, well, it's just not important. It, it, wasn't important enough to, it was important enough to change my life, but it's not important enough anymore to keep changing my life. I think we could be a church that says, hey, we believe that the Bible is vital and we need to get back to reading it and allowing the words of God in here to speak to us. Because if we're, if we're not into God's word, if we don't know what his word says, if we won't know how to combat the lies when the enemy comes and says that you're worthless. But when we know the truth, we can say, no, I was bought with a price. 
Satan, get back. You got no room here. Yeah. Right? It's, it's truth. You, 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 we'll have a, also, if we're not in the word of God, we'll have a harder time hearing God's voice. And also a harder time navigating what is right and wrong. So if we haven't been in the word much lately, I think we need to start force-feeding ourselves. So this is what I would like us to do. On the screen is going to be my cell phone number. Now, don't abuse it. Don't text me pictures of kitty cats in the middle of the night and saying, oh, this, don't do that, BJ. This is my cell phone number. So this is what I'd like to challenge us to challenge us to do that that this past week I sat in my office and I started going through the app on your on my phone called YouVersion. It's a free Bible app. So the first thing I th- I would like to welcome us to do is to download a Bible app. It's free. It's one of the most downloaded apps in all the world. And you'll have to set it up uh, like like a social media page. You'll have to put your uh, email address in. They won't send you a bunch of stuff, uh, but your email address and you sign in. And I want to welcome you into a 90-day reading plan with me and with us. And I'll invite you to a reading plan. It's a little devotional each day. And then it's one chapter of the New Testament, starting in Matthew, each day. And they even make it so easy that, like, weekends, you can, there's times for catch-up, okay? Not catch-up, but catching up. So here's, here's my cell phone number. Take out your cell phones. Take that, write your first and last name in, in a text and text me. And this afternoon, I'll add you and I'll invite you to a reading plan for the next 90 days. Because it's fine to, to want to meet together every Sunday. But this one hour is not going to change our lives. I, can't, I think it could be really valuable to our lives and springboard us into, into our 167 hours. But guess what? God wants to impact 168 hours of a week, not just one hour of a week. And this is going to be the number one way that he can impact our lives. It's through the word of God. So I'd like to welcome you into a reading plan with friends, with people who will motivate you, people who will, that will keep you, keep you on, on track. And if you fall behind, that's okay. You can catch up. But also have the opportunity to read past the habit threshold of 66 and a half days, and we can read for 90 days. So here's my cell phone number. You can take out your phones. First and last name, text it to me. If you have any problems downloading version, you can text me and we, I can, we can get you set up on version. I'm creating a life that, that, that God is moving is crucial to being used and impacting our friends around us. And even though there's nothing that we can do to make God love us less and there's nothing that we can do to make God love us more, there are things that we can do to help his presence come into a place to be used for him. And reading and being in his word is one of those vitals to having in our lives to be used for him. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. 
please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic day.